You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe that helps people who feel far from God to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. For more fresh content, check City Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. Enjoy the message and welcome to the tribe. Now, here's Doug Robbins. Well, is anybody happy to be in church today in the theater? Yeah, awesome. And if you're watching online, just give those claps in the comments there. Man, it's good to be worshiping today. And if you're new to church or new to trying to figure God out and stuff, we hope that you can come and, you know, just examine some Christ followers in their natural habitat and teaching and worship. And uh, we hope there's something for everybody today. Now, we've been in this series, as mentioned, uh, 21 Days of Prayer. We do it every year, and during this time, we fast from different stuff, a lot of us, right? Some people fast from meat or chocolate or, you know, social media or Netflix or whatever, and today, after church, the fast is over. So, uh, anybody looking forward to eating that stuff you couldn't eat or uh, engaging? Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Some of you are clapping louder than others, right? Um, uh, But it's going to be a good day today, and as we end this fast and look back at all that God has done in our lives, and what we've been looking at is prayer. We've looked at this three-way intersection between the Holy Spirit, prayer, and fire, The Holy Spirit, fire, and prayer. And where those three converge, that's where we want our prayer life to be, don't we? I mean, have you ever been praying and you just felt like you were talking to a wall or talking to the air and nothing was happening? Well, we want to fire up our prayer lives by welcoming the Holy Spirit in along with the fire of God. And over the weeks, the first week we started out, we saw the fiery judgment of God in the story of Isaiah. Um, We've also seen the trials of the fires of trials in our lives and how to pray through those times in our lives. We've seen the passion that comes from the Holy Spirit when we studied the day of Pentecost. And today, we're going to look at the ashes that come from the fire. Because how many of you know that everywhere there's fire, there are going to be some ashes, something gets burnt. And sometimes the ashes part can feel like a downer, but in the end, it's actually going to be something that's very encouraging. So anybody besides me enjoy a good campfire? Enjoy a campfire? You know, you're sitting around the campfire and people are roasting marshmallows, making s'mores. S'mores are so of God, man. I'm just telling you that right now. Um, S'mores are wonderful. And then everybody has a good evening warming themselves by the fire and having good conversation around the fire. And then you get back in your tent, you wake up the next day, you go out there and there's a pile of ashes. All the warmth and fun is gone. It's just ash. And look, the fiery presence of God is an incinerator of sin. It burns away the dross, the sin, the bad motives that are in our lives. And we're going to see a text today in our focal text. It's going to be Isaiah chapter 61, verses 3 and 4. And what I want you to know about this text before we read it is that it's actually a prediction or a prophecy about Messiah, who we know as Jesus, many hundreds of years before he was even ever born. And so let's take a look at what Messiah comes to do. He comes to grant to those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that they may be glorified, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins 
They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. And when I read this, I was captured by one of the phrases in there. And here it is. Excuse me. To give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. Messiah comes to give you a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. Now, we got some city tribe hats in, and so I want, I, I always, how many dudes love a good new hat, right? And so I love a good new hat, and I'm just like you, and so I got my new hat, and so I thought I'd wear it today when I'm giving my talk, and even though I typically don't wear a hat when I talk, maybe I should start doing that, but I did today because um, I want us to get a visual of putting on a new hat today, and uh, when I think about hats, I think about uh, the the headdresses of the Bible, and it, it made me think about some friends in Liberia, Africa. When I've gone there before, the ladies there will carry stuff around on their hats, on their heads. So ladies, it's like you go to H-E-B and you put your shopping cart on your head. And that's kind of what it's like when ladies go to the market there in Liberia, Africa. And the next picture I'm going to show you is of Janet Wee. And she's a friend of mine who lived through the brutal civil war in that country. And she's got her beautiful African hat on, doesn't she? She can smile today and wear her new hat. But it hasn't always been that way. Janet, when she was a little girl, was forced to watch as child soldiers, the rebels there, murdered her family and saw her village crushed. It was ashes. It was a pile of rubble, and so was her life. But God gave her a new hat and a smile on her face after all that she'd gone through. And another friend of mine from Africa, from uh, Liberia in particular, is Ruth Gianfi. And Ruth was from the same area as Janet, And she saw her village, their community, made to ash, destroyed. And during that time, Ruth became a spiritual mother to many kids, Janet's among them. And Ruth, along with her husband, Pastor Emmanuel Gianfi, brought kids into their home to mother and father them. And since the Civil War, We've partnered with the Gianfis, and they have rebuilt their church. They've built a medical clinic right next door to their church that serves their community. They've assisted with water wells and microloans and all sorts of good things for people in their community. And so we wanted to celebrate some of the work that had been done over there. So a couple years ago, we brought the Gianfis over to San Antonio. It's a big deal for Africans to be able to travel to America. And we brought them here to talk about the ministry, to celebrate all that had been done, um, and also to just give them a little relaxation time from the ministry. And so I took the Gianfis out to dinner and took them to some good restaurants. And then after dinner, we went for dessert to get gourmet popsicles at Steel City Pops. And you can see in that picture, Ruth Gianfi has her beautiful African hat on. And she could have never dreamed 20 years ago when she was in a pile of ash that she would be wearing a new hat eating a gourmet popsicle in the United States of America in San Antonio, Texas. See, that's what God wants. That's a picture of what God wants to do in all of our lives is give us a new hat. And look, some of you are having a great life right now. 
and you're thinking to yourself, man, I, sometimes I feel bad that my life is so good. And when I come to church, you ever feel like when you come to church, we're talking about people who are hurt and broken, all this kind of stuff, and you feel bad that your life is so good because you're like, hey, man, you know, my life is going great right now. Well, for you, that means putting on the hat, the new hat of gratefulness, and you remember where you've come from. Because what I know about those of you that are doing well now, it hadn't always been that way, has it? And so today you say, hey, God, I don't take it for granted. Thank you for bringing me out of the ashes. Thank you for what you've done for me and my life. And some of you today, you can't say your life is going great because it's not. And I don't know why you're going through what you're going through right now. But what I do know is that eventually God will give you an opportunity to exchange those ashes for a new hat. And so could we make that declaration out loud together, even if you're watching at home? Could you just make it out loud and hear in the theater? When I point to you, we're going to say this transforming declaration. You ready? When I point to you, not too soon, right? I'm trading ashes for a new hat. I really think we can do better than that, okay? You've been in quarantine too long. Let's throw down, shall we? Ready? Here we go. I'm trading ashes for a new hat, Jack. Okay, that's the way to do it. I love it when you do that. That's pretty cool. So I'm going to show you four things that come with your new hat because there are a lot of add-ons here that you get for it. And look at number one. The new hat comes with mourning. Uh, the passage says that Jesus came for those who are mourning in Zion. Now, that one at first glance doesn't look very fun, does it? It's like, hey, I got a new hat and I'm going to start mourning, okay? Well, that's not so great that, 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 that I have to feel mourning. And we're going to spend a little bit of time here because we have to go through the ashes in the morning to get to the good stuff of the new hat. And Jesus fulfilled this mourning part. In the Sermon on the Mount, when he said, Matthew 5, 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be what? Say it. Comforted, right? So you go through the mourning before you get the comfort of the new hat. And the mourning that it's talking about here is not talking about just mourning the loss of someone that you love, you know, that passed away. Um, certainly that's a significant hurt and wound, and God cares about that, but that's not what this passage is talking about. It's also not talking about mourning the loss of what used to be. Let me explain what I mean by that. We mourn a lot of things in our lives. Like, for example, when you get to be like my age, you mourn the loss of having at one time maybe been kind of a V-shape into a pear shape. <laughs> uh, some of you ladies are mourning, you know, you had a baby and you used to have this little figure and then you, now you got, you're like stretch marks, okay? Uh, that's not... It's not talking about that morning, that loss of you younger people. It's like you got your first zit or whatever. You're like, oh, I missed the days of clear skin, you know, or you got to see on your report card. Well, this passage isn't talking about those little imperfections that we don't like. It's talking about our sin before God. It's about mourning because of how our sin has affected God and hurt him. And you know, there are some people that are what I call fake mourners over sin. Um, what I mean by fake mourners are their favorite line is, well, nobody's perfect, right? And so when they're confronted with their own sinfulness, they're like, oh, nobody's perfect. 
Or maybe sometimes they're caught in the act of a sin and they're like, oh, nobody's perfect. I, I'm sorry. They'll even confess it. And sometimes when they confess it, they'll get emotional. Emotions are not an indicator of the kind of mourning we're talking about here. I've watched people go to church camps and church events and come home the same. Didn't change at all. I've also watched people go, go to church camps and events and things like that and change deeply. So the, the, the morning we're talking about is characterized by people who end up changing. And I like how one of the early leaders of the Salvation Army, his name is uh, Samuel Logan Bringle, and he talked about the morning that he experienced when he experienced the fire of God. Look at it with me. He said, my soul melted like wax before me. I sobbed and sobbed. I loathed myself that I had ever sinned against him or doubted him or lived for myself and not for his glory. Every ambition for self was now gone. The pure flame of love burned it like a blazing fire would burn a moth. Doesn't that describe the morning that's in the scriptures? So, one of the things that we realize real fast when you experience the fire of God is even if you're a good person, you fall short. So a lot of us think, well, I'm pretty good and I'm better than the next guy, you know, and I'm better than Hitler or I'm better than, you know, my father-in-law or my mother-in-law or my, you know, whoever, my ex, you know, and that's not God's standard. God's standard is perfectly pure holiness, and even the best people in this life, when they have a fire encounter with God, realize that even their goodness falls far, far short of the standard of God. And when we encounter Holy Spirit, we experience the ashes of brokenness. Now, this is the word I want to show you today, and it's the word daka. It's the Old Testament Hebrew word for brokenness of spirit. And we see examples of this brokenness of spirit all throughout the Bible. One of them is Peter when Jesus did the miracle of giving him a net full of fish, you know, that basically saved Peter's fishing business perhaps. And uh, Peter, when he experienced this miracle, the presence of God, he said, Lord, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. Just get away from me. please. I'm not even worthy to be in your presence. And then John, when he experienced the resurrected Christ, he fell down like a dead man because he realized his own inadequacy before a holy God. And then we studied about Isaiah in recent days. I guess it was uh, last year in uh, one of our, uh, or no, actually it was the beginning of this series. All these series blur together in my mind. I talk too much, but um, it was a series or a service talking about Isaiah's calling. And if you want to go back, we'll post that link in the comments if you want to go back and watch it, but what Isaiah experienced when he had the fiery presence of God, it's like the hot cold touched his tongue and he said, I'm a man of unclean lips, I'm doomed. Can you imagine having an experience with God and you were expecting a warm hug, but it was a fiery presence that made you fall down before him and say, I'm doomed if I don't get some help here. And Isaiah wrote further about his mourning in Isaiah 57, 15, where he says, thus says the one who is high and lifted up, I dwell in the high and holy place. So this is God talking from the holy place. He says, also, this is great, also with him who is of a daca and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the DACA, those who are contrite in their hearts. This is who God is with. 
are those who have experienced Dhaka. David experienced this as well in Psalm 51:17. He says, "The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and Dhaka heart. Oh God, you will not despise." See, so when we mourn, He gives us a new hat. He does not despise us. And here's the thing about Dhaka brokenness: you can't initiate it or make it happen in yourself. I wish I could come today and say, well, here's a three-step plan to be broken in God's eyes to experience DACA, but I can't. We're not in control of it. If you're in control of your own brokenness, it's not really brokenness. God initiates breaking those according to his time frame. And so you and I are not in control of it, but what we are in control of is our prayer life. And we can say to God, look, God, I know I can't control my own brokenness, but I submit my heart and my life to you. And it scares me to experience your brokenness, God, and the fire of the Holy Spirit. But the best I know how, God, I choose to trust you through this breaking period in my life. And one of the things you'll notice is that even though you can't, like it's not given to us to know who is broken and who's not, but you can spot some signs from time to time. Like one of them is when someone is willing to confess. Confession and brokenness go hand in hand. And I remember one of the biggest positive changes I ever went through spiritually was when I was a teenager. I was actually at a camp, church camp, and I went over in this corner, and I still remember to this day sitting in that chair, looking down at a puddle of my own tears on that concrete floor because I was confessing my sin before God, and I, I knew how bad it felt on the inside um, to disappoint God in the ways that I had disappointed him by the way I had been living. And I have talked to many, many people over the years in my office and heard their confessions. I've heard people confess prostitution, murder, uh, killing. I've heard people confess adultery and stealing and bestiality and everything you can think of. I've heard people confess it in my office and when they've experienced DACA kind of brokenness. I've gone to our small groups, or we call them tribes here around here, and I've heard people confess things that they'd been hanging on to their entire lives, and finally they were able to get it out with a group of warm, caring people that cared about them and wanted to help them through. And that's why I so highly and wholeheartedly recommend that if you're not in a group of some sort, go to citytribe.church slash tribes. And, and get engaged in that way. So as we think about the fiery presence of God, it's pretty intense, and it can make God feel a little on the judgy side. You ever think that? Like you hear me talking about this kind of stuff, and you're like, oh man, I brought a friend today, and they're going to hear Pastor Doug make everybody feel like they're a hot dog over the flame, you know, right now, and that's not what I'm trying to do. Um, but what you got to understand is God's heart and motive in all of this. We're under the new covenant now, right? And so in the New Testament, and so God, when he brings his fire presence, it's not, he's not trying to hurt us. And I really like what Mike Bickle said when he said, God's judgments Remove everything that hinders love. Think about that. 
God's judgments remove everything that hinders love. There is no contradiction between God's judgment and God's love because what he's doing there is he's burning away anything that keeps you from being able to experience his love for you. He's also burning away the things that are keeping you from being able to express his love to other people around you. That's why his judgment comes. It's ultimately for your good because he cares about you. But look at number two. Here's where it starts to get good. The hat comes with oil. See, he brings the oil of gladness instead of mourning. So you get the gladness of the hat after you've gone through the mourning. You get the oil that comes with it. Now, if you look in the Bible, you'll notice that oil is most of the time associated with healing and the Holy Spirit. So healing and the Holy Spirit. People would anoint others with oil and pray for them to be healed. You know, kind of like Karen's use their essential oils these days, right? But we just use uh, oil in order to pray for healing. But uh, another thing you'll see in the Bible is that Oil was placed on the head for anointing a king. So you notice people like King David, when he was anointed to be king, they poured oil down his head to anoint him in that way. And in the new covenant dispensation or time that you and I live in right now, this is a symbol of how we were made to rule under the authority of Jesus. And so turn to someone next to you and tell them, you're a king, you're a queen. Go ahead. And... Men, the sooner you tell your lady she's a queen, the better your day is going to go. Don't hesitate, men. Uh, that's not good for you there. But anyways, uh, so when you trade ashes for a new hat, it's like becoming a king or a queen. But look at number three. The hat comes with a new garment. My wife always likes a deal, you know, when she gets one garment and it comes for another one, you know, uh, buy one, get one half off. She thinks that they're giving her money on those kind of things, right? Uh, but anyways, it comes with the garment of praise, the Bible says, the garment of praise instead of a uh, faint spirit. Now, if you're new to church and you hear that term garment of praise, or maybe you've heard like a, a Christian somewhere say, put on the garment of praise. And you're like, what is the garment of praise? Is that like some kind of spiritual Lady Gaga costume? Or, you know, what, what is that? Like the uh, holy Mormon underwear or whatever? It's like they, they think that like these spiritual chonas are going to protect them or something. This is what, so the uh, garment of praise has nothing to do with any of that. Don't over-spiritualize. It's simple. Putting on the garment of praise just means you make a choice to worship your way out of the ashes in this life. You're making a choice to worship your way out of the ashes. And I like the work of this psychologist named Dr. David M. Greenberg. He is a psychologist and a musician at the University of Cambridge. He's also done some work in New York at a university there. But he wrote this blog for Psychology Today. It's called The World's First Music Therapist. And in the blog, he explains how he thought that the first music therapist was probably sometime in the 15th century or something like, or, you know, 1500s rather. And um, then one of his Jewish friends so, showed him an earlier music therapist actually in the Bible. And it's in 1 Samuel 16, 16, where it says, let us find a good musician to play the harp whenever the tormenting spirit subdues you. He will play soothing music and you will soon be well again. And if you don't know what that's about, that was when young David 
was working for King Saul. And King Saul had this depression problem, a tormenting spirit, the Bible says. And David would go in there and play music and it would heal Saul. But he wasn't just playing like elevator music or just calm sounding, you know, soothing music. But he was putting on the garment of praise. That's what he was doing. And it brought healing. Here's what I want you to know. Is that when you choose to put on the garment of praise and worship and sing, singing is one of the ways we do that. There are a lot of ways to worship, but singing is one of the primary ways we do that. It's healing for other people around you when you put on the garment of praise. It's healing for you when other people around you sing the gar- with the garment of praise around you. But I really struggled with this one. Did anybody besides me struggle with this one? Uh, when I was a new Christ follower, I went to the church that, you know, the church that I went to early on, and I didn't like the style of music, you know, and that was a barrier for me. We didn't have the kind of music like what we have up here. I, I just didn't like the style of music at our church. Um, another thing was that I, uh, I, I was kind of machismo self-conscious of my voice because I thought, you know, if they hear me, if, if people around me in church hear my voice, then, then, you know, I'll be embarrassed by that. And I hear these people sing up here and they make it look so easy. Well, it's, it's not that easy to make those nice of a sound, is it? And so I thought, wait a minute, I'm reflecting back. When I'm in my truck, back then I drove a truck and I had a system. Any guys have a system, you know? I had a system, it's like big old speakers, you know, and you know, back then you'd get a power booster. I don't know what they do now. They, do, they still do that kind of thing? No, I don't even know, but um, it was loud and it was blaring and I had no problem singing along with my system. Loud, blaring music. But I wouldn't do it at church. What I had to do is I had to to make a choice. Just like I choose to take off or put on a hat, I could choose to put on the garment of praise. I made that choice to start trying to sing. And it was a little awkward at first. I really kind of lip synced at first, you know. And then I started actually singing out loud. And I, I could start feeling the ways that it was healing me on the inside and changing me. And then like, I might lift a finger. Then a hand. And then I was full on touchdown. You go at your own pace, but man, I had to make a choice to put on the garment of praise. And now I do it all the time because it's so healing for me. I gave a whole message on this uh, sometime back during our Check Your Gauges series. We'll link to that in the comments if you want to go back and check out that message to learn more about it, to choose to put on the garment of praise. And uh, we'll post also a worship music playlist, a few of them from Spotify, because sometimes you know the style of music is helpful to find something that you connect with. And so we'll have hip-hop, gospel, modern Uh, Latin music that'll help you learn to put on the garment of praise. If you're watching online right now, just post in the comments your favorite worship song or artist, and uh, maybe that'll encourage someone else. But look at number four. The new hat comes with a tree. And that's where our focal text says, may they be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. 
They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. So putting on the new hat actually transforms your mind. When you put it on, it transforms your mind to not just think about your own stuff, but makes you think about and dream about ways that you can lift other people out of the ashes. And you learn that it's not just about you. And you become this oak of righteousness and stability for other people. And perhaps some of you in your history classes learned a little bit about uh, when the United States dropped the atomic bomb on Hiroshima, Japan, and it ended World War II. And the bomb immediately killed 80,000 people, and many more died from the fallout. And Hiroshima became ash, as you'll see in this next picture. Can you imagine your city? being turned to ash and what that feels like. And the experts all over the world, they all agreed that plant life will never come back in Hiroshima. It would just be a desolate wasteland. But the first bloom that happened was a plant called the red canna flower that dared to bloom after the blast. And today, Hiroshima is filled with plant life. The experts were wrong. And look, I don't know what experts are telling you, but I'm here to tell you today that no matter what's happened in your life, what ashes have come, you can bloom again. And there's this other plant from Hiroshima that inspired me. It's a bonsai tree. And the little bonsai tree that you're going to see on screen is actually almost 400 years old. And it survived that atomic bomb. And now that little bonsai tree is proudly on display in the National Arboretum in Washington, D.C. because it was given to the United States from Japan as a symbol of the friendship between two nations that was birthed out of the ashes. And I don't know what bomb has gone off in your life. Maybe it was a long time ago and maybe it was recent. But we know a God that will cause you to bloom and rise up out of those ashes and he'll give you a new hat. He'll make you a bonsai of righteousness if you let him. But the starting point is when you begin love relationship with God through Jesus. And basically how you do that is you just talk to him. Don't close your eyes right now or pray or anything like that. Prayer is just talking to God and you can talk to him. You can just have thoughts to him right now in your heart and in your head. And you just tell him, look, God, I know I've sinned and I know it's significant. And I know it's a big deal to you. But I choose right now in these moments for the rest of my life that I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to take the fire of your judgment for me. I believe that Jesus was my substitute when he died on the cross. God, I welcome you into my life. Thank you, God, for coming in. Thank you. And as we continue to pray, I want to 
give you a prayer for all of us to pray if we want to pray through the ashes in the new hat. And so as we put that on screen, I'm going to ask you if you're at home or if you're in the theater to say this out loud boldly. And I'll read through it as you say it out loud with me. I'm going to go slow so everybody can keep up with me, um, but say this with passion and conviction to the Lord. Here we go. Ready? Father God, I trust you to incinerate my sinful motives or behaviors. I trade ashes for a new hat. Holy Spirit, fill me as I choose to mourn over my sin. I trade ashes for a new hat. Holy Spirit, give me the oil of gladness. I choose the garment of praise. I trade ashes for a new hat. Make me like an oak of righteousness. Use me to restore the ruins. Father, I rise from the ashes. Now I raise others from the ashes. I trade ashes for a new hat. In Jesus' name, amen. Does anybody feel good about praying those words today? That's a good time, isn't it? Yeah. So if you would need more prayer today, you just need to talk to someone or pray with someone, go to citytribe.church slash prayer. And our prayer leaders love to pray with you. They're praying with people from all over the world. They were telling me about someone they're praying with from Sweden recently. And so uh, thank the Lord for them. And if you're ready, it's not time for everybody, but if you're ready right now to go through the hard work of climbing up out of those ashes and rebuilding your life, we want you to consider a tribe that we have reworked, revamped, and spent a lot of time, a whole team, creating Cultivate. It used to be what's called Peel the Onion, and now it's called Cultivate, a whole new curriculum. It's a four-month commitment, and so it's not something that you just kind of decide you're going to do. You need to think through whether you're ready to, to do Cultivate or not, but it is going to have a huge impact on people's lives. And so if you'd like to, you can sign up at citytribe.church slash tribes. Now, one of the things you got to know is that we would not have the opportunity to offer transformative classes like Cultivate. We wouldn't have the opportunity to help the folks in Africa, in Liberia, the Giampis, if it wasn't for those of you who are faithful at bringing a first fruit tithe here at the local storehouse. And so we're so grateful for your, for your financial stewardship because it allows us to do a lot of awesome stuff around our city and other parts of the world. And if you're new to City Tribe, here's how to get that done. Practically speaking, uh, you can donate in one of four ways. By mail, just mail your offerings into the address that's on screen. Go to citytribe.church slash tithe to uh, donate online. You can text to tithe by following the instructions on screen, or you can uh, bring your offerings in person at the giving stations if you're here at the Cameo. Those are located near the exits. So before you guys stand up for the benediction and before you worship through your financial stewardship, uh, I wanted to make sure those of you that are in the theater Pay attention to your usher. Uh, she's over here. There's Rebecca over there. Just kind of wave at Rebecca. Um, and she's going to dismiss you row by row because your lives are so important to us and your health is important to us. 
and we want to keep everybody safe today. So uh, once we're done, you guys be real careful to follow her instructions to be able to uh, be dismissed from the theater if you're here in person. So let's stand up together. If you're at home, stand up with us and put out one hand in position to receive. You can put the other hand around the family member that you came with, but no touchy anybody else, okay? There's cooties and stuff. So be careful um, and receive these words over you, dear brothers and sisters, as you walk from this place. May you remember your times in the ashes and do not take those days for granted and all that you learned and God brought you through. As you walk from this place, you're walking away from here anointed with the oil of gladness. You're walking from here out of the ashes with a new hat as bonsais of righteousness, walk from here and raise others from the ashes too. You guys have an amazing Sunday and we'll see you next time. Bye now. We're glad you were part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check citytribe.church.